0: Well, good morning, and welcome to church this morning. I am so excited to be here with you this morning. My name is Ange. I just have to say, Elisa, that worship was just so good this morning. Thank you for leading us to a place of focusing on Jesus today. We are in the middle of a sermon series, studying the book of John together. I hope you have been reading along with us as a community together. Each week, we have touched on something different, and the first week, Tim touched on Jesus and our call to follow him. The second week, he spoke about transforming encounters, and he spoke specifically about the woman at the well and how he transformed her life, but then she transformed a whole entire community. Last week was Father's Day. And Tim spoke about, Lazarus, get up. And he asked if there was any dreams that we had let die that needed to be resurrected again. And he asked us, what is God calling out in you? This morning, we are going to talk about the challenge that Jesus calls us to, to take heart. He has overcome the world. Let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time that we've had this morning, just worshiping you in our living rooms, in our kitchens, in our dining rooms, in our cars, or wherever it is that we are listening to you to to this service this morning. I pray, God, that, um, that I will speak your words this morning, that people's hearts and minds would be open to receive from you today. From your word, Father, may we be transformed and not the same as we were when we started listening to you today. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are. We're in the middle of the book of John now. We're around John chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And I'm going to try covering all of those in the next four hours. So gear up just kidding. I won't take four hours. It could take a little longer. (laughs) Jesus is spending time with his disciples. He has done some traveling with them. He has shown incredible miracles. Uh, We hear all these incredible stories of what Jesus does, and he's about to head to the cross. But before he does that, he spends all of these chapters hanging out with his dearly beloved disciples. And he is teaching them through his conversations with them. Some debates, some discussions, some confrontations. But he is trying to prepare them for what's to come ahead. And in John, we find Jesus wants to equip his friends. And he says in John fifteen fifteen. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. We find Jesus is wanting to equip his friends. He doesn't want to tell them what to do and just have a list of things of this is what you need to do. He wants to spend time with them and discuss with them how they can be better prepared for the road ahead. Because as we know, the road ahead is not going to be an easy one. They face hardships, persecution, Jesus dying on a cross, and having to deal with all these other people's other ideas and being confronted by so many different things. He is preparing them For the road ahead. Now, I don't know how many of us love to travel, but we love to travel in our family. And what I have loved is we got this new car recently that has this screen in it. And the screen has a map that can show you the way of where you are going. You can put the destination in, and it will give you directions of how to get where you need to go. We have also in the car, a a voice that speaks to us and can speak to us and tell us which way to turn left or right. I won't say the name in case it also starts sparking up everybody's computers and devices at home. But I realized as we look at trips that different people approach trips in different ways. Some people will just put suburb in their head and just get in the car and start driving and heading in that direction and see what happens when they get there and maybe they'll ask a local and see if they can show them the way or um, yeah just kind of maybe feel their way to get to their destination. There's others that might just put the destination in the Apple Maps or other maps Things that you use, and might try to get from point A to point B by just listening to a voice directing you along the way and trusting that that voice will take you from A to B. In fact, these days, sometimes it can even reroute you in a new way so that you're missing construction or traffic jams. And it can change as you drive. For me, I am the ultimate preparer for trips like not only from packing great snacks for the road and knowing the things that we're going to see along the way uh, out the window, but also I'd like to know where we're heading. What is that final destination? What are the different routes to get there? Which one am I going to choose specifically to get there? I will put the destination in the map so I can have it there, and I will also have the voice speaking to me while I am traveling along. Um, But I also spend time looking at the map and discovering what roads, what they mean by this road and where am I merging onto this main highway. And if I'm really nervous, for instance if I'm driving in the middle of Melbourne or something like that, I will often look at the previous street names to ensure that I know I'm on the right path. I can see the markers along the way. All right, I see that this street is just going to be two streets before the one I finally turn and I'll be ready to be in the left-hand lane to turn left if I need to. I perhaps maybe be prepare but I know that I always get there and with as little, as little hassle as possible. And in John, we find Jesus wants to equip his friends the best that he can for the road ahead. And I've picked out four keys in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 that I think... Um, helps us on our journey ahead. Whatever it is that we are facing, whatever it is that's coming ahead, that we can also adapt these to our own lives. So here's Jesus speaking to his disciples. One of the things he often does is show them the end goal, the destination. And the destination for Jesus was always that all may believe and have life in his name. And in John 20, verses 31... We see that John was written, but these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That was his end goal. This was Jesus' destination, that everybody would believe and have life in his name. Every conversation that Jesus had, every confrontation that he had, every miracle that he performed— always geared people towards that destination that all might believe and have life in his name. And in John 16, verse 1, it says, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. All this I have told you so you won't fall away. You won't lose your direction. The second thing Jesus does is not only tell them the destination, but he helps them get familiar with the road map. And one of the ways he does that is he says, the way that you can become most familiar with the road map is to do as I do. And in John 13, he is hanging out with his disciples and he starts to wash their feet. And in John 13, verse 14, it says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you, should, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done before. So one of the best ways for us to be familiar with the roadmap of what's to come ahead is to look to Jesus as our example of how to live and be in that moment. The second thing he says to be familiar with the roadmap is stay connected to the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, You can do nothing. And then in verse 12, he says, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. While we're in this space, he says, of moving forward, this is how I want you to live. Stay connected to me and love each other. And then the third thing he does to keep people familiar with the roadmap is he says, I'm actually going to tell you what's going to happen. And then when you see that it's happening, I'm hoping you will believe. In fact, he even says that about the betrayal of Judas in John 13, 19. He says, I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. And then he also speaks to his disciples in John 14, 29 about him going away and returning. He says, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen you will believe. Road signs along the way. Ah, God said this was going to happen. This is the right way of moving forward, getting familiar with the roadmap. The third thing Jesus does is he sends us a backseat driver. Well, not really a backseat driver. He sends us someone so that we do not have to be alone. He sends us the Holy Spirit. It says in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So not only do we know the destination, not only do we know how we were meant to get to get there, and how to be familiar with that roadmap along the way, he also gives us someone to journey with us so that we don't have to do it alone. And it's someone that not only is going to um, teach us all things, but remind us of everything that Jesus had taught us. The last thing Jesus does to prepare his disciples for all the crazy things that are happening next is he prays. He doesn't tell them how to pray. He shows them how to pray. He prays for himself first, and then he prays for his disciples that are there. And then he prays for all believers, all future believers. That's like you and me. Jesus prays for himself in John 17, 4 by saying things like, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus prays that he will finish the work that God has given him to do so that God's glory can come to earth. When he prays for his disciples in John seventeen eleven, he says, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. And verse 15, I just have to read of how he prays for us. He he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And he goes on to say, and make them one as you and I are one father. Not to take us out of the world to put us in a protective bubble so we're safe from anything bad ever happening to us. But he says, I'm not saying take them out of the world, Lord." but keep them safe from the evil one and keep them connected to you, God. Then he prays for all believers. John 17, 28 says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he's not just praying for us. He's saying, I'm praying for the message that they send out as well. That all of them may be as one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Four keys to the road ahead. We focus on the destination. We keep our eye on the end goal. We become familiar with the road map. We know the way. He says, do as I do. Stay connected to the vine. Love one another. And watch for the signs I've spoken to you about. Thirdly, he gives us, the Holy Spirit. He says, take comfort in knowing you are not alone. And lastly, he says, pray. Pray that the work might be complete, but pray also for protection and for strength. I don't know all the challenges that you're facing today. I don't know if you've had adversities. I don't know if you've lost jobs if you've had friends or family that have lost jobs. I don't know if you've lost work or if you've received bad news recently. I don't know if you are dealing with grief or loneliness or suffering or oppression or frustration or an addiction. But can I encourage you The same principles that Jesus gave his disciples before he went to the cross still apply to us today in whatever we are facing. Sometimes we might only engage in one or two of these principles, but we're not actually then using all of the key elements that Jesus has given us. Perhaps we're praying into a situation, but then we've forgotten to invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of it, so that we can remember what Jesus has spoken to us and be taught by the Holy Spirit. Or maybe we know our destination, but we haven't been familiar with the roadmap along the way, following Jesus' examples, doing as he has done, loving one another. I also think that sometimes we think, what did I do wrong that this has happened to me? Why is this happening to us? And I'm reminded of the blind man in John chapter 9 who sinned. And the leaders came to Jesus and they even said to him, what's what's he done wrong? Like, why is he like this? Was it him or was it his parents or what's the deal here? And I love Jesus' response. He says, this happened... So that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Wow. Imagine changing our perspectives from whatever we are facing from why, God, why is this happening to me? Why, why are you picking on me? You know, why is the reason why do I have to go through all this hard stuff to changing it to, I wonder what God is gonna do through me in this. I wonder how his glory is gonna come through me by fulfilling the work he has called me to do with whatever circumstances I am faced with. You know, in the world, we are not immune or excused from feeling pain. Many of you know Lee and I's story from 10 years ago when we lost Isaiah and Tori, who were our first set of twins. And in that moment, I think it could have been a really easy time to say, why, God, why is this happening to us? This seems so unfair. Why are are those families having babies, and why are they able to have babies It could be so easy to be in a space of saying, why, God, why is this happening to us? And I remember being asked many years later, don't you wish that this never had happened? And I remember responding with, in fact, I would never wish it on anyone else because the grief is unbearable. But... It was a time in my life that I have never felt so close to God in my whole life. And I'd never experienced that peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. There's no understanding of why I should feel peace right now in this moment. That I've never experienced as close to that ever before. And it was because... For example, I had a husband and a family around me that wanted to see what God was going to do through this circumstance. How is God going to bring glory here on earth through this circumstance? And I can tell you that there have been some amazing stories through that. And Lee and I have had incredible Um, opportunity to share in other people's lives that we would never have if we had not gone through a similar experience than to many other people and we thank God for what happened we thank God for that whole circumstance because we know that we were changed and we were transformed like never before and we saw his glory come that can only come through hardship and difficult circumstance. John 16.32 says, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. That's a bit on the nose. It's Jesus speaking to his disciples here, though. You will leave me all alone, he says, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Be encouraged, whatever you're facing, that God is with you. And verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. The peace that gave us confidence and assurity that this was okay, that this was happening in that time with Isaiah and Tori. The peace that doesn't make any sense that we should have peace in that moment. In this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. God knows the plan. Even if we don't understand. He knows we're going to face hardship and persecution. And he's saying to us, don't panic. And don't doubt me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm here with you. I will be with you. He has given us every measure and every portion we need. He has told us the destination. He has given us the road map. He has given us his word to show us how to live like he lived. He has given us also the Holy Spirit. And he says he has given us power in Jesus' name. That we not only do what Jesus did, but we will do even greater things than Jesus did. He has given us a community where it says, Two or more are gathered, I am there in the midst. And you know what? If God is for us, who on earth could ever stand against? Don't give up, be encouraged, take heart. Keep faithful to him. His victory over the death covers everything. It conquers all. Every pain, every sorrow, every hardship, every grief, every darkness has been overcome by the power of Jesus. It might be for a time where we will have trouble. But in the meantime, he has given us some keys that we can live by to help us through those times. And in John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. We thank you so much that you sent your son to die for us so that we can live. We thank you that you have shown us the destination that all might believe and come to know you, Father. We thank you that you have shown us father the roadmap of how to live like you lived and how to do as you did we thank you god that you love us so much that you sent us an advocate that you sent us your holy spirit to be with us and we thank you god that we can pray and be in connection to god himself who can be here among us right now father I pray for anyone that is facing hardship today. And if that is you at home right now, I say, lift up your hand and say, that's me. I can't see it, but God can and he sees your heart. And if you're feeling like you're in the dark, If you feel like you are fighting things, if you feel like you are oppressed, if you feel like you are stuck, if you feel like you are frustrated, if you feel like you need to be free, turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will minister right now to those people who are looking for you. Guide them, Lord, in your way. Teach them of your way. Cover them right now with your comfort, with your truth. Help them to take heart and to keep faithful to you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.